0: So the big question is this, how do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name's Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the recruitment rollercoaster podcast. Welcome to the recruitment rollercoaster podcast. My name's Hisham Azuz. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by the lovely Michelle Flynn, who has worked in recruitment for over 20 years, but for the last 18 months has been supporting recruiters with their health and well-being to help them bring more balance across their life. Michelle, thank you for uh, joining me. Well,
1: thank you very much for inviting me along.
0: I'd like to think that whoever's listening to this should know who you are. Um, if they don't, I'm excited for them to find out a lot more about you and what you've been up to and the journey that you've been on. Um, but as we were discussing before we started, I think today we're definitely going to talk about Michelle Flynn and you being a recruiter for a pretty long time.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> and know. And we're going to talk well, about that. I believe it.
0: <laughs> but um, I think what, what I love about your story is how, yeah, how you segued or taken your own journey and story And turn that into something that you want to make sure other people don't go through and and, and help other people with. And um, it's always interesting because there's a few people that have gone through um, a journey like yours that have changed sort of what they do, et cetera. But recruitment's always ended up really helping them, (laughs) which I always like, right? (laughs) If that's build relationships or the people you end up working with or whatever, I think it's, um, yeah, I love that about recruitment, how it always ends up serving you it seems like even though you turn into a health coach or a health and well-being coach right yeah, um, without a doubt so why don't we start then with um so obviously you you worked for correct me if I'm wrong big infamous S3
1: I did I was at computer futures for eight and a half years so basically all of my 20s wow
0: that's crazy and what so where what year did you join them
1: Oh 1997 really I joined them and um and I stayed there all the way through to 2005
0: wow so oh, um, you years old when you uh, <gasps> three.
1: oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness how old do I feel well,
0: why don't we start there because I've had the number of people from uh always seems to be x s3 because there's so many people that left and started their own business but I'd love to hear from and I'll be honest I think pretty much most of the people I've had on have been um male right that, that was in the s3 world so what how would you describe the culture there
1: um I look back at it so so fondly. Um, it was just amazing what a place for me to go and learn how to recruit um, to be honest I had no intention of getting into recruitment I have got a maths degree and I went to a graduate recruitment agency to look for a job and um, they said oh forget maths have you thought about doing recruitment I was like no what's that um, and they said well you can earn a lot of money I was like well sounds good um, and then somehow managed to get myself a job at Computer Futures, which I still don't really understand how, because I remember walking in for an interview with Simon Arbour, who was sort of one of the original founders, and I fell over um, the rug in front of his desk and almost landed on his desk. Wow. Um, and just, I look back at the interviews with sort of almost embarrassment, but somehow managed to get the job. And um when they expected me to start picking the phone up, I was like, what do you mean, pick the phone up? I just had no idea. Um, but it turned out I was really good at it. And um, I think it was my sort of sheer determination, my, my drive to sort of earn a lot of money. Um, I worked the permanent market, so um, I mainly did PC support and then moved through sort of various other markets, but PC support was very much kind of my baby. Um, And I just, I loved every minute of it. I would not be where I am today without everything that I learned there. The um, sort of um, work attitude, um, sort of the fact that you were not late. The fact that sort of um, even down to sort of you didn't leave dirty dishes on the side in the kitchen, you put them in the dishwasher. It was sort of um, such an amazing training ground. And to this day, I've got sort of some of my best friends and people that I met at Computer Futures, and um, I now have a, a lot of joy working with a lot of people um, who are sort of XS3. So I feel very, very grateful. What well, What do you think?
0: What do you think made sort of made up the sort of special ingredients of their culture? Do you think, looking back, would you say?
1: Um, the leadership was amazing. Um, the people, sort of from Bill and Simon who founded it, through to Sort of the people that I work closely with. So whether that was sort of Russell Clements, Gary Goldsmith, Daley Thompson, down to my manager Lucy Gilmore, um, just absolutely inspiring people. Um, It was a you were just completely in the right environment to succeed. They were they were very particular about who they hired. So by getting through the door in the first place, you already sort of were well on your way to success. But It felt like a family. I was in my 20s living in a flat share and um, absolutely knew that they would look after me. And if I needed them at any time, day or night, that they would have been there. So they were really people focused um, and they drove us really hard. I'm not saying it was easy, but that has given me absolutely the sort of the drive that I've got now to sort of uh, succeed in whatever it is that I'm doing.
0: Yeah, I've heard that a lot, that the standards were very high and, yeah, the, the bar was always high and people that were in that culture had to aspire to be that and more. Um, what, what? So back then, thinking about your physical and me- mental health, what, where was you at with that, personally? Obviously, it was all your 20s. Like, what, I don't know, what was that like for you? Like, was that pretty... I had no
1: idea.
0: <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like, was basically... it, yeah...
1: Something really? I didn't even think about. Um I yeah.
0: But would you say I, like looking back, you was in a good mental physical place or because obviously now I'm sure the journey that you've been on and the self-discovery and stuff, I don't know, is it was it a pretty good couple of obviously eight years or so? Or looking back um, on that, how was that?
1: Looking back, my diet was shocking. Um I'm not a big cook, and um, I used to get off at the Tube um, where I lived in Southgate. I'd get off the Tube, and I'd go to the kebab shop opposite the Tube. I'd walk in. They'd say, the usual. I'd say, yes, please. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: And I would have pizza bread with tamar, salata, and salad for dinner pretty much every night of the week, eat it on the walk to my flat and throw the container in the outside bin so I didn't have to do any washing. Um, When I sold my flat after 10 years, they thought I'd put a new kitchen in. Cause I had not used the kitchen. Um, so I look back and I was never into exercise. I tried the gym and I'd sort of, there were some uh, real gym bunnies in the office There's a, one of the ladies, Belle Wilson was in the gym all the time. And I tried to be motivated. And I think like sort of a lot of people I'd get excited, go for a bit and then yeah. not go again. So I look back and um, I don't really know how I actually sort of wasn't more ill. But yeah. I don't know I, I ever took a day off sick, but I think that was um, probably due to sort of my, my mental resilience at that point, which I can look back now and see that I had really strong resilience, but it wasn't talked about back then. Sort of 20 yeah. years ago, resilience was something they just talked about in the military, whereas now it's become something that's kind of um, so important, particularly in recruitment. Yeah. So Yeah. I think
0: um, I just find that interesting, isn't it? Because I think it's like Michelle, the 20-year-old, because obviously you being older, right, I think it's easy to look back. But when you're a 20-year-old, you do think you're invincible, right, in terms of like, oh, I'll I'll think about that when I'm 30 or whatever. So I just find that interesting, right? But I think sort of the journey that I've been on and what I've tried to cultivate for myself but have good months, bad days, is um if you don't do it now or you don't try and cultivate habits that are gonna serve you for the long term and make sure that your life is more sustainable when you are in your 20s and maybe more fit healthy, it's gonna be even more difficult when you decide to change that when you're older. I well,
1: without a doubt. That's what I, I, mean. I, <laughs> I wish I knew back then what I know now. Um I think that sort of weight was always something that um I, I was never sort of I was always slightly overweight and um not to the point of it being a massive problem but always slightly overweight eat sort of ate too many crisps and the sandwich man would come in at 10 half 10 and I'd get a smoked salmon and cream cheese bagel and a can of coke and a packet of crisps as a snack and then I'd have my lunch um so sort of I really wish I had of I could go back because I tell you what the one thing I wish I had found in my 20s was yoga
0: really yeah. I
1: absolutely love it and um I'm 44 now and I'm getting better at it. But I think if I had have had an extra 20 years of practice, I, I might actually be able to do a handstand by now. Yeah, so, um,
0: yeah, yeah. Anyone, anyone listening that thinks yoga's easy, it's not. It's <laughs> it is, like anyone, honestly, it's not. It is so difficult. It's a journey in itself it's yoga.
1: unbelievably hard like yeah. I, I show people my yoga instructor's instagram accounts and they just can't believe it and i'm like if you think <laughs> yoga is just sitting on the floor like it's not
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i think i just find that really interesting right because i think and this is probably the some of the conversations you have now right because i so like i've when you're in this office culture so i was so i was in, when i was in recruitment i was in an office of eight people Um, It's obviously the culture was obviously really small and I I was the weird guy in the office, right? And what I mean by that is I was the weird guy at the office that ate a raw avocado every single lunchtime with a spoon. I was the guy with the vegetable smoothie, (laughs) you know what I mean? And like, and the thing is, but what I'm getting at is that, like, why is it that it takes so much for us to break what we normally do or the habits that we get into, right? Because... Every single day or 75% of the time, my colleagues would go and get a meal deal for lunch. And at three o'clock, they would all say, I feel shit. I don't feel great. I don't feel energized. But you do it every single day. Do you know what I mean? And you will just, it's, and, but I've been there, right? And I, I found that so easy when I was in lockdown. There was just a couple of times where I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to have a cheese and pickle sandwich. And then I felt shit. But I still, yeah. do, I, I would find myself doing it four days straight, and be like, Hisham, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're just going to moan about it. But I find that so interesting, right? Because you did that for that whole period, and there was, there, there was nothing that encouraged you to break that. You may not even thought about breaking it. But I think so many Didn't people go that. through that. So many people, they. I think that's. I find that so interesting.
1: I did a talk probably about a year ago now for a recruitment business, and I do a talk about what you actually need to know to be healthy. And um, as I came out, I overheard two girls talking. and One of the girls said, well, I know all of that already. And the other girl said, yeah, but you're not doing any of (laughs) it. Which I thought was just brilliant. But the whole point is, it's not rocket science. Like the summary of that talk, when I kind of get to the, the final slide, it's like what you actually need to know is eat real food, move a bit, sleep a bit more and breathe properly and maybe have a hug. You're like, it's not difficult. And yet I think there's too much information so yeah. people just are so overwhelmed they just don't bother yeah that, when, yeah when you're in your, t- your 20s like you said you just think oh it's such a long way off I won't worry about
0: that's it. what I mean it's that and I think we're just, we're obviously the way that we're wired and how we work as human beings it's so easy to just do things on repeat and get comfortable with what we do and all these things but no yeah I think with the whole food thing um it's Yeah, I think everyone, from always the conversations that I've had, everyone, a lot of people are looking for that silver bullet, right? It's like, right, what can I eat that's going to make me lose weight quicker or whatever? Um, But it's not rocket Uh, science.
1: Shall I tell you what the answer is? Vegetables.
0: Yeah, vegetables, yeah. (laughs)
1: It's vegetables.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I I think, um, what? yeah, and it's just like simple maths is you eat less calories than your body requires. To lose yeah, weight. That that's how you that's yeah. how you lose weight. And then it's like, okay, well, what makes up those calories? But I think it's just an interesting one that I think because I think in that office, in the office culture, there's that. Like you always hear that that just, oh, I feel shit, I feel shit after that lunch. But you'll see it, you just hear it every single day.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so so true. And we used to sort of I mentioned Belle Wilson earlier, she was amazing at sort of going to the gym and we'd look at her lunches and she'd be eating salads with beans and all of these grains and you'd look and go oh what are you eating and now I look and I'm like oh what why, do, why did I because I, I think
0: part part of the part, part that's hard as well and I always speak to my mum about this because she she loves to cook and so she works at Sainsbury's and she'll go to the lunchroom with some like interesting meal and when you're not the person that's eating the normal stuff you get more comments, you, you get more people going, Michelle, what are you, what, what's that you eating? And you get more attention. <laughs> so like, even when you try and do something about it, you grow, draw more attention to yourself rather than if you just went and grabbed the meal deal. That that's, that's always an interesting part of it as well. I think. Because, and it, Yeah. So I, th- I think that's, that's interesting to it as well. But, um, so why, why don't we, um, why don't you talk a bit about sort of your journey then? Obviously spoke about S3, what you went on and, sort of what catapulted you into or what was the catalyst to you get to the point where you're now helping recruiters with health, wellbeing, et cetera.
1: Okay. So yeah, I left S3. Um, I went traveling the world, went to kind of find myself, which, um, to be honest, I did. Um, I remember, um, uh, I'm going to name him, Vas Constanti, who is my contract counterpart. I love Vas. Um, I remember when I got back, he was like, oh, my God, you're so much nicer.
0: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. What are you trying to say? But I was sort of very single focused when I was sort of um, at Computer Futures. Um, I then went and became the in-house recruitment manager for one of my clients. And then that led to me setting up my own little in-house recruitment business, which was going brilliantly well, working with companies like Moonpig, the Financial Times, Huddle, 7Digital, a lot of tech startups. Um, And then about six years ago, I woke up one morning and I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, I collapsed onto the floor. My husband called the ambulance. Um, I remember they'd obviously asked him to count my breathing. So they're obviously trying to work out was actually still alive. So how quickly to send the ambulance. Um, So I remember hearing him count, then the paramedics turned up. Um, They're absolutely amazing. Fortunately, it wasn't a heart attack. Um, But for a period of three years following that, I just kept getting sick all the time. So every month for about a week, I'd get the flu. Um, I could get away with sort of running my business because I was good at recruitment. My clients were happy with what I was doing. I could work from home um, if I needed to, but I was also exhausted. So at three o'clock every day, no matter where I was, I'd disappear off to a toilet, put the toilet seat down, have a little power nap. I just thought that was normal.
0: Yeah. Just just a quick one on this. Like, I think that's an interesting part to this because, like, again, with, like, the being ill thing, I think a lot of people can just think, oh yeah, I get ill a couple of times a year. That's that's not like, that's normal. I think I don't know. I think that I find that so like and you part of you thought, well, yeah, this is normal. I just get ill a couple of times a month. And so people can yeah. fall into that, can't they?
1: And I was completely. And it was only I remember one of the clients um was working on site at Moonpig and got on amazingly well with the teams and I'd become quite good friends with one of the the developers. And I remember him making a bit of a joke one morning, he was like, Oh, are you sick again? And I was a bit like what? I'm, I'm never sick. And he was like, Oh, no, you, you're always sick. And I was just mortified. Um, like I knew I was doing the naps. And I was also gaining weight. And I knew I was gaining weight, but I was in my 40s at this point. So I was like, well, women in their 40s, that's what happens. Um, but again, it was just sort of like, I just got used to it. And I think that we all get so used to whether it's feeling bloated, feeling tired, feeling like memory loss, you kind of go, oh, why is it I can't remember those yeah. things anymore? It just, you assume that that's what comes with age. Um, and then I was found collapsed again, kind of um, got picked up off of the bathroom floor, massive black eye. And it was like, okay, this is enough. This is not right. So I started working with a health coach. Um, I completely thought she was going to talk to me about food because I was gaining weight. So surely the solution is food. And she didn't. She talked to me about stress, how stress impacts the body, how basically our hormones change to deal with stress. And as soon as she explained it all, I just felt like such a a relief because finally I had an answer. Because when you're stressed, your immune system doesn't function, your metabolism doesn't function, your energy levels, your sleep, your sex drive, like your clarity of thought, your memory, nothing works. So I was like, wow, okay and then I just went on this whole journey of sort of um self-improvement sounds That's a bit cheesy but yeah. yeah it was that so it was like what do I need to change what do I need to change with my food with my exercise I was actually over exercising I'd become sort of a, a real fan of high intensity boot camps and kind of half marathons and actually they don't work for me um so I had all of these personal kind of um changes happening and I was just feeling so empowered that I decided to study because I thought, how do I keep this going? Because most things are like a fad. You do it for a while and then you yeah. just go back. I'd done that throughout my life. I tried every different diet. So I thought I'd study it. So I started a, a year-long course. I had no intention of doing anything with it. Happy doing my recruitment.
0: Self-education.
1: Self-education, kind of self-accountability, And then people started to say to me, oh, you look different. I I was losing weight, so I looked noticeably different. But also, I had this sort of almost annoying new energy. I wasn't getting sick. Um, And before I knew it, I was doing one-to-one coaching with people. And then um, I can't remember who I actually did my first talk for, but um, I got asked to do a corporate talk. And um, it just spiraled from there. And I'll be honest, I didn't plan to sort of um, really specialize in recruitment. But it became so obvious that the people that I understand most, the lifestyle that I understand the most (laughs) is recruitment. And where is sort of one of the industries where people have the most pressure, the longest hours, maybe not necessarily the healthiest lifestyles, it's recruitment. Um, So I don't work solely with recruiters, but about 90% of my clients are recruitment businesses. Um, And I I love it. I feel very honoured
0: couple of things before i'd I'd love to sort of i'd love for us to talk about the common things that you've ended up speaking to people about the common things that you've seen and but two things so the first thing because i've done my sort of own self-education on this but it'd be great just for you to talk because i think a lot of people go through that confusion of you know you said that you had that sort of moment of realization around stress and how that's related with the body and stuff I guess it'd be good if you could just I know you just mentioned it there how it affects all parts of the body but in like layman's terms like what is the most important thing that we just need to understand about the relationship with stress and our body and why that impacts everything I think that'd be good just cuz that's obviously the understanding you went through that made you realize a lot of things like how would you sort of talk about that or describe that
1: Yeah, so the stat is that sort of, and the stat's probably a bit different at the moment given COVID, but before COVID, the stat was 75 to 90% of visits to the doctor were in some way related to stress. So I had the flu, which I just assumed was the flu, but it was actually stress related. So what happens is when our bodies go into a state of stress, the way that they react is that they are trying to protect us from danger. Now they see danger as being chased by a tiger like it was in the day of the caveman. Our bodies are still the same. So it thinks there's a tiger coming. So we can either run from the tiger or we can um, get killed by the tiger. All right. Okay, um, so the, the whole point is stress is meant to be short-lived. It's, it's not meant to be chronic. It's not meant to be something that we are dealing with from the minute the alarm goes off in the morning through to sort of the news, social media, work pressures, finance pressures, child pressures, et etc. et cetera. Um, So when we are in a state of stress, our um, adrenaline and our cortisol, which are our stress hormones, increase to prepare our body to basically run from a tiger. So what happens, all of the blood and all of the oxygen leaves the center of our body, which is where our organs are, to go to our hands and our feet to run. So our organs and our brain don't have the oxygen or the blood that they need to function properly. But also what happens is our body wants fast burn fuel. So for anyone who craves sugar or alcohol when they're stressed, this is why. Fast burn fuel is glucose, which is sugar. So our body is burning all the sugar in our body um, to give us this energy to run from the tiger. And because our bodies are clever, if you imagine this is your tank of sugar, when your tank goes down, your body sends a craving to your brain. I you need, need to, to quickly fill it, fill it up, yeah. Yeah, so anyone who says to me they've got a craving for sugar, I don't talk to them about dairy milk or a bottle of Pinot Grigio. I'll talk to them about stress. So ultimately, our bodies go into absolute protection mode, which means our immune system doesn't function. We the
0: immune to, system, yeah.
1: Not worrying about a cold, our metabolism, not worrying about losing weight, um, our, our clarity of thought. Doesn't matter. All of those things just basically get put over here because the number one function our body has to do is protect ourselves from danger. And mm. that's why, unless you have, um, like, you break your leg, which is an obvious sort of trauma, if you have anything else that's wrong, they, it is probably in some way related to stress because stress stops you sleeping. And when you don't sleep properly, you get sick. Stress can stop you making the right food choices. When you make poor food choices, you can get sick mm. so it's all the body is the whole uh, connection of cogs and um when when they're all working properly brilliant but when something is out of place your body just stops functioning properly
0: no yeah you know you explain that really well and clearly that's that's awesome and, and obviously a big part of that is that obviously the the most evolved part of our brain is that function isn't it the sort of that that's made us survive and help us get to, but it it's obviously that's the thing, isn't it? Like being in that constant state of stress all day when, as you said, there is no animal to run away from or whatever. That's that, That's just crazy. I, I, that is bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. And in recruitment, they kind of get referred to as micro stress doses. In recruitment, every time that phone rings... And it's a client who's trying to sort of negotiate down on fees or a candidate who doesn't want to take the job offer or you're doing some BD and you can't get through to anyone. You are being hit by micro stress doses constantly. So the chances are if you had your heart rate measured and your stress measured over a period of 24 hours, you would find that you would be in a state of stress for a large proportion of that. And the scariest thing is, and in my case, I had no idea.
0: No idea. No idea
1: at all I was stressed. And that's, I think, the scariest thing is that a lot of people say, no, I'm not stressed. And I, I talk to people so often, they're like, I've, I've got this challenge with one of my team, but I'm fine. And then by the end of the call, they're like, oh, I'm not OK, am I? Like, we all suffer with stress. It's just about the ability to then deal with it.
0: I think it's, yeah, and no, I'm keen to talk about that. But, uh, but I think it's when you say the word stress, I'm stressed it's a lot of people will associate with different things. I feel like some people will think, yeah, that's part of working hard. I'm I'm stressed. Yeah. That's part of working hard. And then some people will deem like that person that might be saying, no, I'm not stressed because they deem it as a real negative or a bad thing. Right. Or they only deem stress as when it's like really bad. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: So like, I guess, how like what how do we need to get what's what should our relationship be with stress you know what like what's a more yeah I guess because I think it's good to have a better understanding of that I think people people have a better understanding of what being stressed means or what actually stress is I I think that can help people understand or give them a better chance of overcoming prevention etc
1: yeah and, and we all need stress stress is a completely natural thing it's something that our body is prepared for and um that's absolutely fine. The challenge is we've got used to these high level, and some people now actually get off on feeling stressed. So, that high adrenaline feeling, that rush that they get, that heart race, that kind of like um, you're, you're about to close a deal feeling that's exciting when you're about to close a deal. But people almost get obsessed with that feeling. So, suddenly they're introducing things in their life. So, whether that's they like high endurance sport or whether it's that, um, maybe that they're not eating the right food because that makes their bodies feel that sort of high fast heart rate. So people almost uh, get off on the feeling yeah. of being stressed. So I think firstly, it's like stress is, as it's meant to be, a positive thing. It yeah. protects us. Um, and a bit of stress throughout the day to keep you on track, a, a bit of adrenaline pumping when you're about to deliver an offer to okay. a hand absolutely no problem at all. Um It's the same sort of stress causes inflammation in the body, and again, inflammation in the body is a natural thing. It's meant to happen. If you bang your finger and you get inflammation to protect your finger till it repairs, that's a natural thing. But it's when you are inflamed, basically, yeah, yeah, a lot
0: more time, yeah.
1: So it's it's differentiating and noticing the symptoms of when you start to notice chronic stress so suddenly that this constant sense of urgency about everything the the ability not to sleep um the um the not wanting to go to work not wanting to socialize feeling a bit paranoid um starting to look at those things and go that's not actually normal to feel like that um that's something that there are ways to manage that so that you don't have those symptoms that yeah. um, would be seen as sort of uncomfortable symptoms.
0: Yeah, so that, that's what I'd love to talk about now, Michelle, about sort of what what people can do, good habits they can try and instill that can help prevention. Because I think what we're talking about here is, look, stress is there, it exists, it's, it has its positives. But when, it's, when you're stressed all the time, you've spoken about the things that that can cause, that's when you can end up on the floor with a black eye, right, all of a sudden. And I think this links to the other thing that I wanted to sort of <clears throat> talk to you about because it, it, it's so common from the podcast and the people that I listen to, the people that had on this show is like, why is it that it sometimes takes a real low moment or a bad thing to happen for us to take action or for us to change things? Right? It took you twice being found on the floor for you to be like, I'm, I'm changing this. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's part of it. So. I guess, um, yeah. What are, what are the sort of common things that you speak to people about in terms of that can help the prevention of getting to that? Because I think that's what—that's what, what hopefully, I, um, from what I understand, it's that's a big part of what you're trying to prevent for people, so they don't find themselves on the floor being woken up by a um, para, paramedic, right?
1: So yeah, like what, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So it's like, what what are the common things that you end up f- finding yourself speaking to people about to help prevent? Yeah, to yeah. prevent getting to those moments.
1: I think I think you're completely right and just sort of a, a bit of a, a personal sharing is that my husband's best friend age 43 um died for so nearly 4 years ago now absolutely lifestyle related um food maybe what he was drinking stress he had a high a high stress job and it is your point why is it that we all wait for something really bad to happen before we actually decide to make a change and I'm one of the lucky ones. I was able to make the change. Simon, however, was not so lucky. Um, He didn't get that second chance. And I think we all have to restart taking it seriously. And there's so many different things that can impact different people. But the first thing you've got to be looking at is sort of what you're eating. It's like, let's look back to kind of the philosophers of thousands of years ago. They knew what they were talking about. Food is medicine. You are what you eat. All of these things that we've heard before. If you are filling your body with processed foods, refined sugars, sort of cheap fats, cheap meats, um, it goes into your gut. It basically upsets your gut, which is where your immune system is. Your gut talks to your brain. Sort of food and mental health is directly linked. So, so often people are talking to me about what they should eat. People are often maybe... Not quite as honest with themselves about what they eat. So I love doing food diaries with people because they think that they eat really well, and then we realise they they eat one vegetable a day. Um, so the first thing is definitely trying to get people eating more yeah. vegetables.
0: And I think um, just just on that point, just from what I've always so I went I so I was um, I was vegan for like two and a half years, and um, and then now I'm not. But I think what I always Tried to, whenever I speak to people about food and stuff, for me, my stance on it is like, what works for you, Michelle, isn't going to work for me. I think that's just such an important insight because we can find ourselves trying to search for the perfect vegetable that can help us lose weight or whatever. But it's just really important to actually work out what works for you. And that might not be, that might not work or what you've seen on Instagram or what you've read. Because I think that's where the the problem can be sometimes, isn't it? And how you're made up and your DNA is totally different to mine. So, there is an element of experimenting and finding out what works for you, and you have to listen to your body. Like, I, yeah, when I when I first went vegan, it really worked for me. But and then towards the end, I was bloated all the time. Um, I was farting a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> <eating way> too, <laughs> too many beans. Eating, yeah, eating too many beans. I ate falafels <laughs> way too often, and I was like, How? and I have sort of, and I don't know if you ever come across this, but I sort of got, I got a bit tribal with being vegan, and I was, I, I sort of caught myself. Actually, have I sort of am I vegan now just because I want to say I'm vegan rather than actually listen to my body and sort of wanting to eat stuff that leaves me energised and stuff. And I think that's really important to understand is like what works for you isn't going to work for the next person. What you read may not work for you and that's okay. You've got to work it out.
1: Yeah. Your body is your best doctor. Your body knows what it wants. And I've actually, so I'm plant-based rather than vegan. Um, And for me, I absolutely love it. Um, I've never felt more empowered um, to make food choices. That's not to say that I don't have a pizza or sort of maybe the odd bottle of wine. Of course I do. But on the whole, um, I eat really cleanly and I love it. But you're completely right. I I don't preach that to any of my clients. What I will say is if you're going to eat animal products, invest in the good quality stuff because if you're buying cheap meats, Um, then you're basically eating all the growth hormones and the antibiotics and stuff. So absolutely, if you want to go and get a a sort of a great organic chicken, enjoy it. Um, So it's completely about that. It's sort of um, some people are great with dairy. Other people are not great with dairy. Some people are good with gluten. Other people aren't. But if your body is bloated or if you're getting a lot of wind or you haven't got the energy levels, that's a symptom of your body trying to talk to you to tell you something's not right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so always, I, I always
0: start, I, always start with food. No surprise there. everyone would have had it before.
1: Do always it. Always start with food. <laughs> Definitely. So Number will, two, yeah. exercise. Forget the physical benefits of exercise. The mental benefit of exercise has any like, how has anyone ever said after exercise i wish i hadn't done that yeah no we and this is what's hilarious with exercise that excuse of oh i'm too tired oh i can't today and yet you all know that after doing it you'll feel more energized so when i'm stood i would be going to barry's boot camp um which is sort of one of the world's hardest workouts supposedly and um I'd be stood outside it and I'd be hating every moment. Didn't want to go in, I'm not going to enjoy this. I'd get in it, I'd definitely not be enjoying it. It is not my natural sort of territory. I'm, to be honest, quite rubbish at that sort of stuff. I would come out of that room feeling like I had just won an Olympic gold medal. So, but again, with exercise like food, everybody's different. So for me, actually high intensity exercise didn't work. Now I do walking and I do yoga for other people in recruitment there's a lot of people do boxing because really good for kind of stress relief um other people you might get sort of runners cyclists, cyclists i don't care what exercise people do if the only thing you are doing every day is walking ten thousand steps i'm more than happy with that yeah. so again listen to your body don't pick an exercise you don't like like don't set yourself a goal to run a marathon if you hate running If you love dancing, dance around your your lounge. That's (laughs) fine. If you like cleaning, clean your house. That'll burn the calories. So, yeah, exercise, amazing for your body. It gets all the oxygen pumping, your blood pumping. And the more oxygen that we've got going into our brain, amazing for our mental health. Um and how many more do you want? I could go on for hours with these.
0: Let's let's just (laughs) I reckon now, let's definitely do another one for sure. In terms of like so we've got food we've got exercise to help with prevention what what else sort of do you always normally talk to people about
1: my number one is breathing breathing correctly which most of us do not do is one of the best things for reducing stress reducing anxiety because what it does is that as i've talked about our stress hormones increase when we're protecting ourselves from the tiger By slowing our breathing down, it sends a message to our brain that we are no longer in danger. And there's a lot of people who think, oh, not breathing. Firstly, either I already do that or they hear the term meditation and they have assumptions around what that's going to be like. Um, And it is without a doubt one of the most powerful things. I do a lot of work with it with a lot of recruiters who absolutely love it. But it's a hard habit to build because the first time that you do it, you probably won't find that it works. And to build a habit, it's based on success. And if you try something and you feel like it doesn't work, there's not really any want to try try it again. But it's absolute science. It's oxygen and carbon um, carbon dioxide. It's the exchange of gases. Um, the science behind it is all completely proven. Lots of people listening to this may have heard of Wim Hof, the ice man. He does his breathing method and then jumps into kind of ice cold lakes and runs up Everest in a pair of shorts. So it's starting to get more of a, um, it's more accepting of it's yeah. something outside maybe the yoga community um, as something that's a really powerful tool, not only for stress relief, but for sports performance. Like you can basically get your body doing what Lance Armstrong did, but legally just <laughs> through breathing properly, so um you can improve your sports performance for fit by fifteen percent, you'll get a better night's sleep you'll in my case, it helped me lose weight, so focus on the breathing
0: yeah, and then what about just as we're on this um I guess obviously a lot of recruiters that listen to this if if I'm having like one of those days fucking stressed out. Everything's gone wrong. Any sort of go to things that you like? I don't know. Anything I'm thinking of like sort of quick things or just things that could give me a better chance of getting a better frame of mind or whatever. If I'm having one of those horrible days or I'm feeling super stressed, anything that you always try and encourage people to do?
1: So I actually get people to write down a calm list. And what I mean by that is a list of 10 things that actually makes them feel calm because we're all different. So, But if you don't know, like if you're feeling stressed and you want to feel calm, but you don't know what to do to make yourself feel calm, because most of us don't. You then don't think about it, do you? You don't think about it. So I make people physically write it down, and that might be a certain piece of music. It might be yeah. um, a herbal tea. It might be going for a walk around the block. It might be cuddling the dog in the WeWork if you're in a WeWork building. It might be like sort of, I love to walk barefoot on the grass. So for me, it might be I would step out of the office and go to the little park around the corner and take my shoes off. (laughs) But everyone is different. Um, So it's actually thinking about what works for you um, so that you've got that ability when you do start to feel stressed and overwhelmed to go. It's like your little toolbox of of tricks. No, I love that. It's
0: really practical.
1: Yeah. How often have
0: you ever taken a step back and thought about that? What actually makes me feel calm and not stressed? Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's awesome. We
1: don't think about it and it's yeah. so simple. Yeah. So but, write your calm list.
0: Yeah, no, honestly, I will. That that's great. Um, so I guess just to tie this together then, um, something I'm always keen to get people like you to share your thoughts on. So we've spoken about prevention of getting to like a really bad place when you're really stressed, et cetera. But like I guess any other sort of advice for people that can help them cope better with mental challenges, which you and I both know are Um, given to people by working in recruitment and just just life in general even more so with everything that's going on but um, I don't know any any other things that sort of people can try and instill or create habits around that can really give them the chance of overcoming those really difficult days as well
1: yeah it all starts with the morning all starts with what you do first thing if you wake up two minutes before you're due to be on the stand up or whatever you're doing first thing, the first video call, and you fall out of bed straight to your laptop, you are not giving yourself the best chance of the day. <laughs> um, and a lot of people are doing it, which is even worse now because we don't have a commute necessarily um, to separate that out. So best advice first thing in the morning, best thing you can do, glass of water next to your bed, drink it. Your body has been dehydrated from the night, rehydrate it. The next thing you can do is either physically go outside if that's not possible open your curtains open the window get daylight accessing your eyes because what happens is when the um, sunlight hits your retinas it starts a hormone process which turns off your melatonin which is your sleep hormone and it turns on your serotonin which is your day hormone so if you're not doing that process You're already in an uphill battle for the day because your body is not ready to actually go into the day. Um, And then there's something which I actually think is fantastic for the recruitment industry. There's a lot of research done um, and it's called the Miracle Morning. And they looked into the world's top CEOs, the top athletes as to what they do every morning. And they came up with six things that pretty much all of them do. If you Google the Miracle Morning, you can find it, or Hissam, I'm sure you. if I send you a link, you can put it in the notes. Um, but they've come down with six things, and um, now I'm going to test myself. So the first one is some silence, so taking some just breathing time. Affirmations, which people think that affirmations are a bit kind of rubbish. Yeah, yeah. If you tell yourself for 20 years that you are rubbish, you're stupid, you're not successful, you're going to believe it. So if you tell yourself that you are great, you are brilliant, you are good at your job, you're eventually going to believe it. Visualization. So visualize what you want to achieve. If you want to be the biggest recruitment business out there, if you want to be the best contract recruiter out there, you want to be the best in-house outsource model, whatever it is, visualize it, feel it. Exercise. can exercise first thing in the morning. We've talked about the benefit of exercise. Number five, reading. Read something good for your brain. Don't read social media. Read something that's an interesting, like I'm reading um, The Chimp Paradox. It's all about how the brain works. I read a couple of pages of that. I feel great. And the last one um, is scribing or writing. It's like get stuff out of your head, even if it's just your to-do list or whatever it is that's sort of whirling around in your brain, get it out on the paper. If you wake up and you actually only need to do each of those things for one minute, if you've got longer, brilliant if you've got 1 minute in total that is 6 minutes we can all find 6 minutes in the morning even those people with kids we can find 6 minutes go and hide in the bathroom whatever it takes 6 minutes to start your day off it is building your resilience which is your coat of armor which is going to get you ready for the day ahead with whatever the world of recruitment's got to throw at you
0: yeah i love that and i think also like you deserve it like you deserve your own time like and it's so important to protect that You know because it was so easy to wake up and jump into other people's worlds and see what other people are doing and stuff like that and that's that's always helped me i always make sure and whenever i can some days i won't but most of the time that morning time i won't let anything else in. like that's time for me to process and have my own time i think it's so important that you you protect that i think and that that i love that that's that's awesome um Okay, so as, as we sort of come towards the end here, then Michelle, um, how if I'm listening to this and there's no one talking about these types of things in my business, in my recruitment business, what what would you do if you know that you're you are someone that feels pretty stressed a lot of the time, um, and maybe for the first time I'm hearing some of the things that can help me. Um, no one in in my four walls or no one in the business or culture that I'm in a sort of encouraging people to um encourage me with ideas that can help me or there's no one I can turn to whatever because I feel like a lot of people might be in that position I don't know what what would yours yeah what I don't know how how can we get people to what I don't know what would you say to people that may feel sort of alone within their business that they've got no one to turn to or speak to get advice whatever I mean if you're listening to this great but I don't know, because I feel like a lot of people may know these things that you're talking about but have no idea where to go or turn to.
1: Yeah, where to start and I completely get that and particularly in recruitment um, and particularly for men. um, There's a a lot of obviously um, press around men's mental health and suicide rates and um, sort of they, they did research around basically the support networks that men have and sort of in the 1950s, if you asked a man how many people he would have to turn to if he was in trouble, he probably would have about five. If you ask a group of men now,
0: zero, most of that? them will
1: say zero. Crazy
0: um,
1: and it's just sort of scary. And I know so many of my clients will talk to me about things that they have never talked to about with anyone else. Um, because they know that what we talk about is in confidence. They know that I'm not going to judge them. Having been in recruitment, I've probably seen it all before. So there's not anything that's going to shock me. Um, And I'm not there to judge anybody. I'm just there to trust them. So I would sort of say if you feel confident enough that you could actually be the voice in your business, cause you're probably not alone in feeling it. So if you were feeling confident to, to step up and put your story out there, that would be amazing. Um, obviously that's not for everybody. And I appreciate that. Or maybe if you've got a good relationship with, with one of the managers or with someone in HR, maybe you could speak to them. Um, if you still don't feel that, The the great thing is now recently that sort of there's been the launch of mental health in recruitment, which is um, run by an amazing woman called Ronda, who's got a a team of ambassadors and champions who are there kind of trying to sort of um, make it known to people that you're not alone. We all have mental health. Um, Some people are just stronger at dealing with it. And I think by seeing sort of famous people step forward, so Prince Harry step forward or sort of... um, looking at some of some of the sad stories that that have gone on of people who have chosen to take their lives through mental health um i think the good thing is is that people are now talking about it more so um there are resources out there and i always say to people just give me a shout forget any money piece of it it's like sort of, I'm always here to just have a chat with someone and if I can help them long-term, great. If I'm not the right person, maybe I can lead them to the person who is. Um, But the most important thing is to not try and do this on your own. Talk to someone, whether it's a colleague, a family member, a friend. Um, We all know that when we get something off our chest, we feel better. I
0: was going to say, and you feel so much better for it as well, don't you? Um...
1: I've got my own coach just for that reason because I love it because I get an hour every week just to fully talk about me. And how often do we ever get that? Because conversations are naturally two ways. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine anyway, as opposed to actually no, what's going on. Um, so I love it because sort of I've got my issues that I'm dealing with um, that I need support with. So I think it is really important to to get some help from, from someone you trust.
0: Yeah, no, I love that um okay Michelle well what would be your sort of parting words then for people obviously people that listen to this work in recruitment if I'm someone it could be around I don't know if I'm someone that I do find myself being ill quite a lot or I do feel really stressed um, could be around my mental health I guess what would be sort of Michelle's parting words to to people that listen to this um, um, that you think would help them
1: it is time to make you a priority Um, We all feel that um, everybody else is more important, whether that's our our work, whether that's our family, our children. But fundamentally, if you don't look after yourself first, you cannot be strong for anybody else. Um, And it's the whole you put the oxygen mask on yourself first on an airplane. It's not selfish to want some time out to sleep properly, exercise, eat properly and be the ripple effect for other people. Because if people see you looking after you and they see you being so in in a recruitment business, if you're the person that is being the positive kind of shining light, you're going to impact so many other people, but it's got to start with you.
0: I love that. Amazing. Michelle, I love what you do. Thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Heisha Azuz and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated If you could leave an honest review for the podcast, it will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening.